Yes, yes, we are back here, folks, for the post-episode recap of the Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 1, Winter is Coming, and we're living in the Northeast here of the United States, so winter is certainly coming big time in earnest around here. Winter is here, my man. Yeah, we're going through winter. More snow in the last week and a half than any other season ever. And it's supposed to, just for our benefit around here, it's supposed to snow for the next three days. It's it's really the White Walkers are marching on us. It's it's a horrible situation, folks. But welcome. If I was skiing 20 years ago, this would be a great a great thing, but I haven't seen in a long time. Welcome back to the Game of Thrones re- Game of Thrones recaps. This is something that we've wanted to do for a while. We're we're setting on a mission, Joe. We're going on an adventure. We're going to go on an adventure and recap every single Game what, of Thrones episode. Thirty hour adventure. Yes, we're going to do a recap and rewatch the entire series. We don't need excuses to rewatch, but this is a really awesome excuse to rewatch the series. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> it doesn't get much better. So we're going to pretend this is our first time seeing these episodes. We're going to go back if. If you haven't checked us out before for the Game of Thrones standpoint, uh, we started off doing recaps of season four. We had, we finished all of season four, but we had all wa- both of us had watched the entire series. So more than any other show, we recap. And this is a, a channel for recap podcasts and stuff like that. If you haven't checked us out before, please hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. And if you have anything to say about the first episode of Game of Thrones, uh, please share it away in the comment section. Please be mildly respectful of spoilers, add spoiler warnings for anything future to come because people might be listening to these podcasts for the first time after watching the episode. So we're going to try to be as respectful to those people. And sometimes before the episodes too. So, Ren Renwood, hi, how's it going? Ren, I have a couple... I have a couple of things to say to you. First of all, sorry that we didn't come the last couple of days. As I mentioned in the message, I had a little bit of a family issue. And the uh, the time you watching me do the Game of Thrones video game playthrough, you were the only time you're going to get a chance to watch that because somehow the video magically turned into from a two-hour video to a 22-hour video. So I had to take it down. Joe, for whatever reason, I can suddenly hear myself. It's weird. But... Anyways, folks, we've been wanting to recap the... Uh, it's better now. We've been wanting to recap the Game of Thrones from the beginning for a while here. So we're excited to get into this and really look at things back from the beginning and uh, see how it all started, see how the series all started anyways. Oh, so, so What a start to a series, too. Now, Joe, uh, uh, actually, could you turn me down a, a little bit? I'm, I'm in definite echo right now. Definite echo. So, uh, Joe, you watched the series before I did. You watched this first season before you read the books, right? Correct. Okay, so so you didn't have to deal with some of the issues of noticing some mild differences between season one and the in the books initially when you watched Correct. the series. Correct. I didn't even know when I started watching the series. I didn't even know it was books. That's how clueless I was. And I I, I always fancied myself a, a fantasy buff in some respects even though i'm not a reader and never was really a reader um i always figured i knew enough about fantasy books through listening to friends and brothers mm-hmm. and stuff talk about that sort of thing you know play D magic yeah. you know i'm kind of surprised wow. that of all of our stuff. of all of our geeky friends like that or all of our friends that are into the D and all that stuff that none of them really were into game of thrones Right, none of them. I don't know. I think uh, I think I know they've probably read them. Like you know, Martin Nelia, some people. I think they might have read them, or a book or two of them when they were reading. Maybe Devin. I don't. I'm not sure, but uh, 
I don't remember ever any of them ever being like, you got to read these books. They're unbelievable. Yeah, I don't either. And in fact, when we mentioned this to a friend of ours, Devin, who's probably one of the bigger readers of our group of friends uh, when it comes to fantasy and, and things that he's one of those people that if you looked up person you would think would be into Game of Thrones, he's, one, he's also, I don't think he's into it out of spite. I think he's... Uh, yeah, it, it kind of feels like that too. Doesn't like it he's, feel uh, a bit like that? He's on that, it's J.R.R. Token. Yeah, yeah, he's just or trying to... He's, he's just trying, trying to copy, copy him, yeah. even with his name. Yeah, look at him. He's even, even as a name trying to copy token. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, and then there's zombies. Blah. <laughs> so that's and that's I guess I guess that's what I gotta say is what most people's first issue with Game of Thrones is is they they want to say, uh, oh, isn't it just like a a bad. Uh, Lord of the Rings, and it's nothing. It's nothing of, like it. It's it's got. It's so it's not even a good Lord. It's nothing to do. Like they're like such in complete different. Well, 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 Joe. Fantasy, in, even in though fairness, they're both fantasy. That in it's, fairness, they both have sword fighting. They right. They both have sword fight. I think there's dragons in something or other. Oh here yeah, there's there, dragons but, in the uh, in the Hobbit story. We we there's dragons in that universe. In that universe, right? But like as far as like dwarfs. In one universe are these axe-wielding – well, in both universes, I guess they're axe-wielding. But, <laughs> like, one's a real actual, you know, dwarf or little person or whatever you want to – whatever all, the correct PC term is. I, I don't – midget, I don't know. Little person. We'll just say them all. Little person. And if something offends, it offends. But I think, And in the other one, there are these warrior creatures that mine in mountains. It's completely different. I think the closest uh, that say Inde, that say things like, hey, Inde <laughs> – um, I think the closest association between Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings comes from something Ren Redwood pointed out about the video game where the pendant looks like the, uh, the, 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 the thing from Gondor. It has like similarity to the Forrester logo thing. It looks kind of like the... Uh, right, the HBO logo. Yeah, kind of look, looks like it a little bit. But anyways, folks, I, I just wanted to get... And I kind of started to watch the series initially somewhere in season two, and then I went back and... Uh, I, it was either season two or season three, and I went back and did kind of like a rewatch, and then I've, I've listened to the books on tape, as I've mentioned many times, that I don't read. <laughs> that I don't, I don't know how to read. As you can tell when I try to recap things from my own writing and I say blubback instead of horseback. But let's get into this episode, Joe. Let's get into the recap of the very first episode, Winter is Coming. And the whole, the whole episode starts off as we see three men in black. Not the men in black like Will Smith and Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones. We see uh, the rangers of the wall. And well, we don't we don't even know that they're rangers. We know nothing no, about know them, nothing just about that they're three men gearing up some horses. They're all dressed in black. Black leather, uh, chest pieces, black capes, black boots, black pants. It's all black. Yep, all black. I mean, we we know anyone who knows much about Game of Thrones after the fact obviously know that they're Night's Watchmen, they're Rangers of the Wall. But we're we're gonna try to, like we said, look at this from the first time we're watching this. So there's all these guys in black, and a gate rises slowly as they head down the tunnel, and then well, and there's definitely one that's in charge that you know is is saying we're about to go out and do something. I call him Dick Guy. That that's Dick Guy, and Dick. Little Lordy. Yeah. And they come out of the other side of the wall, on, on the other side of this tunnel, and they come into a This la- tunnel is huge, by the way. It's all ice, and it's huge. It's 100 yards long, easily. You, you can count, like, 10 or 15 torches. They're, like, 20 feet apart, 30 feet apart. Like, this tunnel is huge. It's really – it is really oh, huge. And 10 men wide can fit down it, a couple horses. You know, it's it's a big tunnel, and it's 
made of ice. It's all white. It's made of ice. There are torches burning in it, but nothing's melting. It's cold. It's winter. Yes, and then we come on the other side, and speaking of winter, then we see the lands of ice and snow, the other side of the wall. And, and yes, in fact, it isn't disclosed there completely, but they are rangers of the wall, we are to assume, at that point. Uh, Joe, could you turn me down maybe a little tiny bit more? The three ride on the other side of the wall, and they ride through the forest. They separate. Is that worse or better? Uh, better. And they separate, and one, as I said, the one we end up following, seems like he's probably the most inexperienced just from first glance, like watching them, he stops at something he sees that's suspicious and he sees smoke and he kind of creeps up a hill, climbs through the snow and he looks over and he sees dead bodies everywhere. People cut pieces, pieces. not even full dead bodies, pieces of them. Heads on spikes. Uh, It's just a disgusting scene. It almost looks, uh, would you say it looked ritualistic? It It definitely did. They, 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 um, in like a couple seconds, they pull out with this long shot. Yeah. And it's, well, it's like he, he like turns around and he sees this girl. With these this crazy, girl. yeah, with these crazy eyes. and the, the eyes, Crazy the, blue eyes, dead eyes. No, they're not blue yet. <laughs> you, you, you got ahead of yourself a little bit there. The, the, Did I? I? They weren't blue? Not at that point yet. I think they're green. They turn blue when we see her again to, 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 uh, to spoil what happens in a second. When we see her again, her eyes are glowing blue. That first time, I believe they're not quite alive. They're just very expressive so it's such a so you notice her again so you make sure when you see her a few seconds later you really notice those eyes okay but she's a dead redhead girl and she's got huge anime like eyes as joe pointed out she's got she definitely has those huge anime eyes and she's she's stuck on a tree and as joe said we we pan out and we see all the bodies almost arranged in a circle it was almost like a well, yeah, it freaks it. He's when he sees her, he freaks out and he start, he books it. Yeah. He runs like hell through the snow. And that's when it pans out. We see that there all the pieces are arranged in like a, uh, an odd shaped circle with a, a, like a little squiggly tail and maybe a line of dead pieces through it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it was, it was very interesting. And it was that, definitely, it definitely looked ritualistic. There was something sticking out of the ground, maybe a piece of the torso. I couldn't tell. It's just, so, when I watched this both the first time and this time, I got to say, I, even though I know what to expect through the whole series, when I watched it the first time, this is not something I expected. I, again, the only reason why I got HBO in the first place was to watch this series. And the only reason why I wanted to watch it was because of the guy that plays King Baratheon and the guy that plays nice. Eddard Stark. Yeah, uh, yeah the, those two, especially, especially wanting to see uh, Eddard Stark. I, I mean, I love that. I love that actor. Sean Bean? Sean is that his Bean. name? Sean Bean? Yep. Yes. Okay. So, Mr. Bean. And what's Baratheon's name? Fact check? I can never remember his name, but he's in a sitcom I loved also. He had his own, like, still like, like still standing. He was or also like in that Keith Ledger. And he was in the full Monty. And he, and he was in, was in a Night's Tale. Night's Tale, the Heath Ledger movie Night's Tale. That's what I most know him from. And he was in the remake of Heaven Can Heaven Can Wait. Yep. With uh Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. So the so, butler. Yep. So, so after our ritualistic scene. Uh, we flash over to the three, get back to the three guys, and we see Dick Guy who's saying, "What do you expect? They're savages. They, one man will kill another man for a goat. It must have been the wild wildlings." Asshat guy says, and the one guy who saw everything said, "He's never seen a wildling do something like this. In fact, he's never seen anything like this." We need to get out of here. Yeah, didn't know. Dick Guy says, "How close did you get?" And he says, "Close as any man would get." And then the other, the third guy, bearded guy, says. You know, maybe we should leave. Dick said, yeah. 
we 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 were here to scout the Rangers, to range to range the uh, wildlings. Yeah, we dead. did that. Yeah, Let's dead. get the hell out of here. And Dick guys like, what are you afraid of the dead? You know what my response would be? You damn fucking right, I'm afraid of the dead. <laughs> it's not the dead I'm afraid of. It's whatever made all those people dead that I'd be afraid of. Yeah, and that's yeah. They, the 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 little lord lordling though he's like we we got we're gonna keep going we're gonna go check this out they all jump on their horses and, or grab the reins and they start moving towards the direction that Weasley boy said that they were yeah and, and before that the guy says we ki- they killed the children and he says good thing we're not children you can run south and try to escape if you want but they'll behead you if I don't get you first get the fuck back on your horse horse yep. we're venturing on and uh. Uh, two things from Ren Renwood. She's, she says, this is the first time we see a child as a white. I'm not sure if this is in the books. Um, it's in the whole preface of the books. The, uh, it's, it's a it's much longer section. We learn a lot more about who these guys are in uh, the beginning of the first book. I can't remember if we see the child a, white, but we do get a lot more detail of who these no, three people are. It's a are. little different. It's still, it's still the three guys. They don't all kind of go back. He sends, he sends Weasley Boy up a tree to get a look out mm-hmm. to see what else is around. And Weasley Boy doesn't come out of the tree. Right. But in this, they all kind of stay together. They go up to check out where the dead pieces are. And when they get there and they come over the crest where, where he saw them, there's nothing. The snow is crisp and clean. There's almost like no trace, no blood, no pieces of body, no dead girl, no thingy sticking out of the ground. Yep. And yeah, uh, douchebag lordlings like i guess you're dead didn't want to stick around <laughs> i guess dead men decided to leave camp ren renwood also adds that king baratheon's name is mark addy at addy atkins addy addy a-d-d-y yeah addy addy so, i love that guy so i love him and almost everything he's done so and i should know his name <laughs> so as they venture onward the asshat guy leads the way to the spot where uh where the the scared guy saw all the dead bodies and all the dead men are gone and he's like they're all gone and so so like smart assholes they that have seen horror movies uh sorry joe i keep having to ask turn me down a little bit more i'm echoing again uh look they look around and they split up as the mood becomes kind of eerie not the eerie just it becomes kind of eerie as uh one of the guy finds something and our scared guy finds something and we look and we see in the distance and this is when it happens coming out of nowhere this white spooky figure with intense glowing eyes that almost is moving ninja like and grabs this guy and we hear the uh the dick guy and we just hear a slice as he's being killed it is freaking scary as shit it grabbed me this time i was like holy fuck like even this and time the no. other two guys just take off yep. running yep. they don't stick around to try to defend them they're just out of there but boom be- but before that the horses run and the guy our scared guy turns around and this is where we see the dead girl again and we get a quick jump scare of the dead girl's evil blue eyes glowing and then the two guys go off and they run as fast as they can but you can tell when they're running away that whatever that thing was it's stalking them you can almost see it moving with them in the darkness yep. kind of like, kind yep. of like the they're smoke in- monster in a in, uh, and lost a little bit like you can just feel the smoke following them as and as they're stalking they run out of breath and they stop and look at each other as the and they're and they're and they're a distance away from each other too they can it's almost when you when you see them running you figure they're running in different directions almost but they're kind of just running parallel but you know 20 or 30 yards apart yep 
and and then the blue thing or the white thing catches up to them and grabs the guy with the beard and just slices his fucking head right off and throws his head at the other dude's feet. He smiles at him almost yeah, and just smiling. chucks his head down down the pathway towards the other guy. And then he did the Batman thing. He walked up to him and we didn't see what happened, but we get a close up of the scared guy's face and then it just cuts. But like we, Yeah, I don't think he walks up to him. I think he just threw the threw the thing and then left. Like, go tell your story. He didn't like, say, I, I'm, I, thought, he, I killed enough of you. Leave one alive to tell the story. I don't remember what that's from. He didn't grab him and go, I'm Batman. <laughs> tell your friends. I'm Batman. Like, Michael Keaton. I, I, that's what it felt like I wanted him to do. So, and then after that point, as we fade out on our, on, our, on our scared guy's face, that's when we get our first opening theme song, the Game of Thrones theme song. And uh, we mentioned this a lot on the IMAX uh, IMAX thing. The intro of Game of Thrones is almost as cool, like especially the first couple of times you see it, is almost as cool as uh, the show itself. Just the setup looking like a giant uh, mousetrap board game at times, a whatever those things are called. Uh, it, it's just it's just pretty pretty damn neat. Yeah, I like it. So we, when we come back in after our theme, we see green hills with several soldiers riding towards the guy from the start who's alive and has been walking. Uh, God knows how long he's been walking. He's probably been walking. The gods only know how long he's been walking. He's probably been walking for, uh, for, for weeks. Well, he's not in snow-covered land anymore. No. We see that. No, exactly. He's in like green. Like it is, It's straight up green. And, uh, and we see the riders catching up to him as we see one rider riding towards a castle. And we see the, uh, the crawl on the screen, the graphic come up. Winterfell as the rider approaches it. We cut right there to a kid, Bran, uh, we, with a bow and arrow. And as he yeah, Winter, Winterfell's pretty impressive looking too. It's one of the few times we actually get to see a good shot of it throughout the whole series. I know we're, but so if you want to get a good look at it, this is the ser- This is the episode and one of the shots that you're going to want to yeah. you know pause your screen on because there's not too many other wide shots of Winterfell. I would say not to talk about too much later. There's a later point in time in the series. This isn't really spoiling anything that somebody makes a either sandcastle or something. Maybe not a sandcastle. Some sort of uh, model of Winterfell you see later, which is probably the second best example of being able to see it as, as a whole. But uh, right. And- and it's pretty big. It's not just a castle. It's a city yeah. that is uh, it's supposed to be the biggest city in the north that we know. And it's and, supposed and the, to you know, be able to produce 25,000 fighting men and it's fair, at like a drop of a hat. It's fair to say that it's the biggest biggest place in the you know, biggest location in the north. And the north is the biggest of all of the seven kingdoms. So that's saying a lot that it's right. the biggest in the biggest. So, right. and, so and it's it's pretty impressive looking. Take a look at it when you get a chance. Pause your pause your on uh, DVR or your on demand or your DVDs, and soak it in because it's pretty impressive. I think HBO did a good job kind of displaying what Winterfell should look like. Absolutely. I had a different opinion uh, reading the books of how it should have looked, and I read the books afterwards. But it still does a great job. It's very pretty looking. Mm-hmm. So after this, when we go inside, we cut to Bran with the bow and arrow, and he's shooting, and he misses wide left or wide right and off target. And this is where we also meet Jon Snow. And Jon Snow, almost to comfort and fuck with him at the same time, grabs him and says, go on, father's watching, and your mother. And next to him, Rob's kind of giggling a little bit, too. And we, this is where we first meet Theon, and Rickon's also there watching. 
Then we cut to the Sansa and Arya scene of them sewing and the hair maiden going, Oh, Sansa, you're always so perfect. Oh, you're perfect. Oh, Arya can't stand being yeah. there. Oh, she my just God. She to get out of there. And then we, cut, we pan over to Arya and she's just sitting there like, Oh, my fucking God, I suck at this. But then we cut back to Bran again, this, uh, missing the target and everyone laughing at them. Even Rickon's laughing on, laughing at him. And this is the first time, first time we hear Ned Stark say anything. And he says, which one of you are a marksman at 10? Keep working at it. So John, yep. this time actually helping, not fucking and helping. He says, he wholeheartedly says, now don't think too much. Rob turns to him and goes, relax. And they help him. And he's actually aiming. It looks like he might hit the target. Yeah. And this whole time you, when when we were inside seeing Arya, she could hear the roar of everything going on outside, the archery going yep. on. And she was looking at the window longingly. And then from a much more difficult angle, perfect bullseye. Yeah, and distance. Perfect bullseye. Arya from the distance shoot and hits it, embarrassing him. Completely embarrassing oh, she, him. And, and she does embarrass him because she's a girl. But she is a little older, so she has had more time and practice with a bow as well. So I also think it shouldn't be that embarrassing, but it is. Everybody's watching, and she bullseyes, and he's missing the target completely. I don't even think it's just because she's a girl. I think it's also she's the type of person that likes fucking with people as well. She has a little bit of that in her that even oh, if yeah. she wasn't, a, she just wants to. She doesn't just want to beat the boys. She wants to beat everybody. You know, she she wants she she do the same thing to and to any of them. You know, so well, I don't think she would do the same thing to any of them. I think that she's also maybe um, she feels like her place is above Bran because she's older than Bran. Yeah. No, no, I, so I agree with a, that. A tick older than him, so I agree with that because she we never see her show that kind of disrespect to John or or Rob at any point. Correct. She she only looks up to her. Except Sansa. She but, can't stand Sansa because Sansa can't stand her. Because no one can – you know, everyone hates – Sansa can star in a sitcom called Everyone Hates Sansa. It, it's, oh, God. I, I, I want to hear from the fans out there who like Sansa. We never hear from like, – like we never get too much like leave the girl I, alone. Okay, this, <laughs> we, this is a slippery slope because I was about to say something from later on. So let's let's move on here. Let's move on. So, so as – we'll get to it. So as someone comes over at this point uh, – over to Ned, they say that they found a deserter of the Night's Watch. Kat says, come on, Ned, do you have to do this? And Ned says, it's the law. And Bran is coming, too. Oh, come on, Ned, he's only 10. Is he young? He's only 10, she says. And, and Ned says, he won't be a boy forever, and this is our first one, guys. And winter, and winter is, is, is coming. coming. And, uh, a sh and this is what Ren Renwood was just talking about. A shot of Cat after that, looking kind of haunted for a second. And then we get... As evil as someone can look at someone, as bitch eyes as someone can give somebody. <laughs> John Stark, John Snow, looking up from the from the from yeah, the ground. Cat just looks at him like Mar Margot El Harazi looking at Jack Bauer. After, oh God, you, know, you just did it. I just did it. And but <laughs> no, but she just gives him the biggest death star I've ever seen anywhere, anytime. Just and yep. John feels it, and he walks off. So then we cut over to the end, and it's there's no mistaking what their relationship is after that point. And we well, you still don't know, but you know that it's not a good one. <laughs> you know it's not a good one. Yeah, you know it's not a good one. So as we see the man from the beginning being marched in front of all the Stark boys, well, but but Rickon and also Theon is there as well. The man's the man starts kind of mumbling, "I've seen them, I've seen them," and then he says, "I should have gone back and warned them, but I panicked." He. He knows he's a deserter and an oath breaker, but he saw the White Walkers. He saw them, 
and he asks to get word to his family, tell him he's sorry. Ned does. Yeah, he says. He says at least. He says I don't care if you kill me. I'm a traitor. I understand that. I uh, I broke my oath. You can kill me, but please, you at least go mourn my family. Tell them what I saw. Tell them I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and yes, to go back for a second, Ren Renwood, Michelle Fairley, I believe I'm pronouncing her, 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 her name right. I probably am not. But she is an amazing actress. She, it, and I, I was joking about 24 Live Another Day. What makes that show great, good, and watchable is the scenes that she was in in the first half. That made it, She raises the stake. She's one of those actresses that when she gets in there and she says line reads, she raises the stake of a scene. She, there was no better casting for Catelyn Stark than this woman. And I know she wasn't the original person that they had cast. I believe they showed Who did the, they have cast her? I forget know, the woman. You can look at it on IMDb. I can look up that information. But it was someone else I believe they shot the pilot with, and then they had to reshoot the, cat, the Catelyn Stark scenes because she didn't test that well. Oh well, you know they did. They cast. I think they for every every actor they've cast so far, with the exception, I, you know, the the mountains changed a few times. This mountain's the best and, mountain. Oh, okay, yeah. The the the, the I liked last, the original, but the last one is, is the best one. By the time okay. it was over, he Joe, ends up being be careful. The best. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. So. So, uh, so Ned, uh, the man, the man said, Ned doesn't look too happy, and he picks up the sword. His he takes out his giant sword, ice, and Bran- John tells Brandon, this, "This sword isn't just giant. Uh, this sword. He's standing there for a minute with his sword, and as he's standing there, he's holding the top of the sword right about here at his chest. It's chest height." It's a good. The blade is a good four and a oh, half. Oh, dude, it's feet. huge. It makes Mel Gibson's Braveheart sword look tiny. Tiny. This is a big tiny. bastard. Sword. This is a two-handed bastard sword with its own name, ice. It's got its own zip code. <laughs> you know, it's got enough room to notch off every Jew that died in the Holocaust yeah. on it. Oh, it is. Oh. You went there. It, it. I did go there because it's a huge ass sword. Yeah. Like that's the the scope. I don't mean any disrespect, you know. No, but you're, you were both Jews. We were both Jews, and there's no disrespect. It, it's it is huge though. And John tells Brand not to look away; that Father will know. And it's also made of Valerian steel. Just 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 uh, just as a point of reference. Uh, Ned, give, Ned gives his speech, I, I in the name of Robert, the king of the Andals, first man, yada, yada, yada. As, uh, as Bran watches him cut it, slice his head off, execute him, John says... Yeah, Bran doesn't turn away. John warns him not to. Don't turn away. Sean will know. Yep. And... Uh, I'll know. Eddard. Sean will know. <laughs> the, the Bean will know. The Bean will know. Uh, yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the, uh, welcome to the show, Ghetto Toad. Uh, Ned uh, Ned takes Bran aside and he talks to him about understanding why he did it. He says, he's, and he says, Bran, do you understand why I did it? Bran says, yes, because he was a distur- deserter. John told me, and he says, no. Do you understand why? And then Bran, showing the wise ass in him, almost showing the Catelyn in him, uh, responds, why? Because the old way is our way. And the way he says it too is such a little cocksucker, like 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 almost like he's making fun of his father a little bit. What old way is the new way? Well, it's uh, it's a little bit, but he. He's also thinking it's also about the a good what, answer. No, it's a good answer too because it's true. But I also but he, and he, he doesn't know what his dad's getting at. No, and he but he also has something else on his mind. Yes, because the real question he's caring about the only thing Bran gives a shit about in this moment, really, when it comes down to it, uh, he says, 
did this guy really see the White Walkers? And Ned yep. Ned says old man stories. Yeah, old old man stories. And Ned says they've been dead for thousands of years. And Brand calls him on it, looks at him right in the eye, and says, "So he was lying." Just with this look, like I don't think like Brand was telling Ned, "I don't think this man was lying." And uh, Ned's Ned's response is, "Mad men see what they want to see." But Brand did not look convinced. And to be honest with you, Ned didn't look convinced the what he was saying to him either. Ned. I don't think I think Ned believed him that he had seen the White Walkers. No, Ned absolutely believed him, and I think um, you, you get a feeling that I mean he's the Lord of Winterfell. You get a feeling like he knows there's truth behind whatever this guy's saying. Yeah, yeah, and oh, Renwood, Renwood doing the amazing uh, work for us says uh, Jennifer E H L E. I'm not going to mispronounce her name badly. J- Jennifer Ellie. Ellie was the original cast for Catelyn Stark. So, so after that, we cut to a, uh, a a dead moose or a deer or something. I think it was a moose. And uh, Theon starts says, oh, they must be mountain lions that are killing killing them. And Ned says there are no mountain lions in these woods. They look on and they see, they find puppies. They find five little uh, dire wolf puppies. And Theon also screams, freaks! And, well, uh, no, they don't just see the, the puppies. They, they see the puppy see, uh, eating, the, the mother. The dead mother. The dead mother and the puppies there. And see, this, is, this is interesting. It's, it's interesting to note that it's a huge stag. Yeah, it's Let's really huge. Put that right now. It's, it's a huge, huge stag. It's a huge fucking this, stag. Yep. This is a, a, just for a little background, this is, you know, the house sigils are very important. They say a lot about the families. They say a lot about history and things like this. Um, which, so when they come down off the path a little, uh, Eddard sees, you know, something obviously off the path and they kind of go down there and it ends up being a huge wolf, massive. The head is the size of like my chest. Yeah. A f- a f- like it's a again, like freak. Theon says, a freak, a freak, it's a freak. And there's a, a part of the stag's antlers sticking out of the dead wolf, the dead dire wolf. And that's when uh, Theon is like, freaks. It's a freak. You know, it's a freak wolf. It's got to be. And uh, Rob's response is to say the obvious, like, I don't believe in no ghosts when there's a ghost in front of him. Rob's like, there's no dire wolf south of the right, wall. Because Eddard, Eddard then says, no, it's not a freak. It's yeah. a dire wolf. And Rob's re- quick response is, there are no dire wolves south of the wall. And somebody, I forget who, said, now there are five. And uh, a br- that, that, I think, was... Uh, was Carter. John? Was it John? Because because he's he's actually down there grabbing the puppies yeah. at that point. So so Bran, being a kid, says, "What are we going to do with them? Their mother's dead." And Ned's response is, "Better they have a quick death." Uh, and Theon jumps at the yeah, opportunity. Theon to couldn't go wait. Kill puppies. Yeah. The- Theon could not wait to kill puppies. Watch this. Like, All right. I'll do it. I'll <laughs> he was so he excited. Grabbing the puppies immediately. And Rob, and Rob, noticing that Bran's getting emotional about it, tries to stop him. And Theon's response to him is, I don't take orders from you. I take orders from your father. And Ned doesn't try to stop Theon in that moment. It's John that steps in there. And John goes, excuse me, Lord Stark. There are five pups, five Stark kids. It's the sigil of your house. You're meant to have these. They're meant to have these. Ned says, fine, because he, he looks at John almost like, you fucking little asshole, you're right. You're right. Yep. I got to keep. You, I, I, and, see, oh. and see, that's it. House Stark sigil is the dire wolf. Yep. It's a very noble animal. It's feared. It's, it's a legend south of the wall. You it, know, it's, it's important that 
these kids should get those puppies. That's a sign. It's also by any means at in any time. That's kind of a sign. It's also worth mentioning. And Brand says something about this in a second. Ned says, "Fine, take care of them. You raise them. You feed them. When they die, you bury them, etc. And you clean up after them. You train them. Yep. And you and John really stepped up. And this gets explained a little bit more in depth in the book. It's just one line here, but it really gets explored a little bit uh, in John's chapters in the in the beginning." Uh, Bran, yep. Bran says, what about you? And he says, I'm no Stark of Winterfell. And before we get into the, you know, the, the last one there, uh, the, it, where they explored a little bit more is that John went out on a limb. John made himself in a way feel bad to save these puppies and make his brother feel good. He pointed right. at- Well, he's not. And, and like he says, it's, it's not just going out on a limb. It's the truth. He's not John Stark. His right. name is John Snow. And but it's we an, find later exactly why what he meant when he says his name is John Snow. Right. So I'm going to spoil that scene coming up. His name is John Snow, and he's a bastard. Yeah, he's a he's bastard. not one of the five kids. Right. And in the, in the that's and that and that's why Caitlin Stark gives him such an awful look. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and it also explains gets a little bit more into it. We get into this later with John's character, and we'll explore this as we go with the John go with the John arc through the series, but. John really has a not a, a mild complex, to say the least, about the bastard thing. So to bring it up in that situation and show himself somewhat dishonor in a way of saying it in any other way was a big was showed how much he loves his family. It was just a yep. big a big show of how much John loves Bran and and and, and all, all the kids really and and how kids. he's not and a heartless cruel bastard like, like theon. theon who wants <laughs> yeah, to like see theon. Five puppies slaughtered i want to kill the puppies i want to kill the puppies Brent, ren ren would i agree with what i'm about to say that you said bran is the smartest person in the family no doubt no doubt bran's the smartest one in the family i would i would agree with that um aria's pretty close aria's pretty smart too and and uh and cat is pretty was is cat is a pretty smart individual so there is a so John really stepped up and uh, and then and then Bran asks him what about you and he says I'm not a Stark of Winterfell and and they look down and they see one more Theon I believe sees it and he goes what's this and one more and he hands it to John and he goes it's the runt of the litter this one's for you Snow and John grabs the all white one and looks at him and if you and just thinks about the obvious Snow all white blah 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 and looks at him and. And uh, who knows what he'll name him? Maybe, uh, maybe Ghost. Let's say maybe. maybe, maybe something like that. Maybe something like something like Ghost. So off to King's Landing and bells, because bells at King's Landing always means a good thing, right? They always. always mean good things. Always, always. He, yes, yes. He says uh, he said he says this right in his father's face. Yeah, yeah. And every. Uh, uh, John, I think he's, I think Ren's talking about John, John Snow, like when he says that when he steps up to save the puppies, he gets right in, Ed's, in Ned Stark's face. And I think more than any other of the kids, from what we've seen, John's the one that will face off his father, probably this, probably the 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 quickest of the of all the boys. The rest of them will probably succumb to the power of Ned Stark. John has that little bit. I'm not, I ain't afraid, and and nobody, not even you, Ned Stark. Yeah, what do you? What are you going to do? Make me sleep in the barn like your wife makes me already? Yeah, exactly. What are you going to call me a bastard? Send me send me away? Send me send me to some place that we're going to find out about in a second here. So, we go to King's Landing in in Bells and it means the death of John Aaron. We see we see his funeral who was the hand of the king. 
Uh, and, and he has these crazy eye things on the dead corpse that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And we also, in the background, see the Iron Throne for the first time. And we meet none other than Cersei Lannister looking on. And, and who comes up? My favorite asshole, Jamie Lannister. And but I'm your brother, and I must warn you that, that you worry too much. It's starting to show, dear sister. And there's a dead body in front of him. Yeah, they have the dead bodies. And Okay, so he... This he, turns out to be a theme, too. Spoiler. Yeah, a little, a little <laughs> bit of a spoiler there. He never... He never... And we get a story about them, which basically symbolizes that Jamie never worries, and Cersei always worries. They're the Lannisters of Castle Rock. Uh, casterly, casterly rock. Sorry, and uh, and Cersei says, "What if John Aaron told somebody?" And Jamie says, "We don't know what he knew, and if he did tell somebody, if Robert knew uh, the truth, we'd both be dead." This is an interesting point. I want to pause on for one second. I don't want to dwell on this, but this is another big change. And some books uh, purists uh, do like to point out this, so I feel like I can. Say, I want to say this right now. In the books, there's a little bit of a difference in this situation. Uh, John Aaron isn't the only one that knows this, whatever this mystery is that they're trying to protect that we don't even know. Uh, in the books, Stannis Baratheon also knows that. I just want to say that right now as we proceed further. Stannis is helping John Aaron in the books to investigate whatever this situation is that we'll figure out about. And that just got changed, and it's one of the first changes I want to look at on what I call the wussification and the, the fuck-up of TV show Stannis that we're going to follow from beginning yeah, to end. This the, is the know, first step. This is the, I, don't, I don't want to get into them. We'll get into them as I would, but this is the first one, Joe. Let's and mark, so, and so just so you down. know, he mentioned Stannis Baratheon, who doesn't get introduced, I think, until next season. No, this, no he's in this season. It's a few episodes down the road. He's definitely in this yeah. season. I believe he's in this season. But we'll, we'll, we're going to see. He might, we're be, gonna, he might be in this season, but if he is, we're it's gonna, small. I, I want to say he's not, but... <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see as we go. And <laughs> Ren Redwood says, Varys, I've always hated the bells. They ring for a horror, a dead king, a city under siege. Tyrion, a wedding. Right, good things. <laughs> yeah, and Tyrion says a wedding, and Varys says, exactly. I love Varys. I'm so glad... Uh, whatever. I'm so glad Varys and Tyrion are together. Uh, and it, th their interactions on the show are really awesome. I love when they interact with each other. So to King's Landing and the Bells, as we see, John Aaron's dead. And, uh, and Jamie, sa Jamie said that if Robert knew what we knew, we, we would be dead. And Cersei says, you should be hand to the king. And Jamie says, fuck that. No, didn't days are too long, nights are too short. Yeah, uh, Robert, he doesn't want to be hand to the yeah, king. Robert's not even going to find out about a, find out about, uh, we find out this by the end of the episode, so there's no real spoilers. Robert's not going to find out about us. Uh, he's too busy hunting whores and fucking boars. Or is it the other way around? Yeah, fucking boars and hunting whores. Yeah, fucking uh, so Making the seven. Making the seven. <laughs> So we kept back to Winterfell and Cat as she's bringing Ned this bad news. And he's by an old tree, the old gods. And she says she always feels like an outsider here. And he says, listen, you've had, you've had all these kids in the north. The old gods must like you. And then she, your, your gods are the ones with the rules. They have a kind of a funny moment about, about the, uh, the differences that they're in their background. But that they just to show what good, that they have a good relationship, even though that they have some differences. And uh, she says, "I'm really sorry, my love. John Aaron is let's, dead." Let's 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 note they're in a they're in a Eddard's sitting under this huge white tree. Yep. yep. Huge white tree. It's um. 
for a little background on which you won't we won't ever really get any if we just talk about the seasons because this stuff is not we're also going to talk we're also going to talk about that at some point that book and talk a lot about game of thrones history so we'll get into we're going to do a podcast on just how stark at some point in time so let's save that for uh for a specific house stark podcast Um, well we should at least just say that these trees are called uh where they're god's woods weirwoods the gods the uh I'm sorry. It's making me think of the video game for a second. The, uh, the whatever they call it, the Ironwood in the in the video game in the game. Yeah, the that's a different type of tree. Different type of tree. Um, Rachel, hi Rachel, sixty one. Welcome to the welcome to the channel. Uh, how did Stannis find out? Totally missed that. In the books, Stannis is investigating the same situation with John Aaron. He's, right. John Aaron is is the hand of the king. Hand of the and king. John and John Aaron is. We see him dead in this scene with Jan, scene. Jamie and, and Cersei with some coins on his head. He was investigating something, something and yeah. he was in cahoots with Stannis. With Stannis. Stannis was helping him. They were working together. And we'll get in as this season goes on. We don't want to get into spoilers for later in the season quite yet. But when it really comes down to it, in the book, Stannis was just with him. And instead, at the moment that the shit hit the fan and John Aaron died, Stannis just leaves King's Landing. And you're right. I don't think we might not see Stannis till the beginning of the second season, end of the first, last episode of this season. I think we see him, actually. And, uh, and it, it's because, and they mention it that Stannis left, but in the books he leaves King's Landing and he isn't. He also isn't there at this period of time, so that's similar. And that's probably part of the reason why the show decided well, to write. Well, part about. the reason we learn the reason he left is he was pissed at Robert Baratheon when it, when Robert Baratheon took over as king. He gave up his. He had to give up one of the seven kingdoms which he would have been lord of yeah and instead of making stannis lord of that he made stannis lord of this place called dragonstone which is a small almost deserted island yeah and made his younger brother renly lord of whatever that yeah. uh and name uh, of the, without getting without uh getting too far into that because that could be a whole uh baratheon chapter and it, it's even more of an insult because stannis and his army uh, sacrificed themselves for so long to hold the nicer place for for Robert just to go fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Stannis. But okay, so we go back to Winterfell and Cat, and she brought the bad news, and uh, Ned and he said that John Aaron died and a fever took him, and Ned asks about Cat's sister who's married who was married to John Aaron, his in the wife and the boy, and Ned and she says they're fine, <laughs> yeah they're fine. Uh, the family and the Raven also brought more news. The king is coming with his whole fucking entourage. And they both looked at each other and Ned said, one thing's for sure. If he's coming all this way up north, you know what he's going to ask for. And Kat says, you can say no, but I, Ned does not. You don't tell a king no. Ned, and Ned can't. It's like me. It's like I couldn't tell you no. If you were like, Phil, I really need you to be, I, you know, my, uh, my hand of the king. If you were the king, I couldn't say no. Right. You can't say no. I can't say no. That's just being a dick. So cut to Kat, who's making all the preparations. And this is our first mention of Tyrion. She says, we need candles for Lord Tyrion. He reads all night. And Master Lowen says, his response is, I hear he drinks all night. (laughs) How much could a man of his stature drink? Well, we brought up eight barrels of ale. We'll find out. (laughs) And she said, said, get candles. So to all the big boys, uh, Theon, John, and uh, Rob, they're shaving uh, talking about how hot the queen is, having to look pretty. They're getting the haircut. Queen. They're at the. Uh, it looks like they're in the kitchen, 
but they're getting sheep sheared. Yeah, they're getting she- they're getting they're getting shaved and, and cut, and uh, the, and we we find out that Jon Snow loves his hair more than any other girls. And this is again, I don't. We'll get more into this in a later podcast about their relationship. Uh, this is one of our first one of few and far between. Do we get these? And as Ren Renwood knows, watching the video game, the video game gives you something that we never got in the shows or the books. John and and Ro- John and Rob's relationship is really important, and this is one of the only moments that we get Rob fucking with John, and that's a bigger point in the books of of them loving each other, but fucking with each other a little bit, and especially Rob fucking with John because he was better than him at everything, and prettier, yeah. and better, and and always beating him at everything. And this is our one moment of showing. And, and, and John is older than Rob. Right, exactly, and it it's just fun because this is one of the only moments that we have with with Rob fucking with him, and it's and I love it. I love I love their interactions. They were too. Uh, I I hope as we go on in the Game of Thrones, we get a lot more of those, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. So we, I think John's older. Is John older? Um, I I would assume because of the fact that Ned came back from war to marry. Uh, to no, he, he was already married. He cheated on. Caitlin, but had they, but had they consummated their marriage yet? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. John, so, so uh, Rob's probably a little bit older, or maybe not, or maybe Caitlin went through with it anyway. I don't remember. Ren Renwood is going to find out for us. Uh, Ren Renwood also asks. I never understood why King Robert didn't send for Ned to come to him. I mean, that's that's a good point, but well, because they're you, you don't did. You, Send for Ned to come to him instead of sending the whole instead of taking the whole entourage. No, they're the reason that we find out they're no, best no, friends. No, we'll, we'll, no, we're going to get into it in a second. I think the answer to that question lays in the crypt. Right, the answer to the question is coming up. Yeah, the answer to that question lays in. The, well, I'll just straight out say it, it lays in the crypts. It's because yep. it, it's because Robert wanted to pay his respects to Liliana. Is is that her name, Liliana? Liliana, Liliana, something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Ren Renwood says. Says yes by like a month. Yes by like a month. John or Rob is older, right? It, it's close, but yeah. To, to, but someone said so. There, so you could say that they're Irish twins, <laughs> at, at least at minimum they're Irish twins. So, so, uh, cut, so we get to all the big boys shaving, and then we cut to Bran atop of Winterfell, watching as the king's coming down, and we see Bran's amazing climbing skills. I mean, dude, this guy's like Batman. Jump, jumping down, uh, jumping down Winterfell from rock to rock, and uh, and then we get a, a line from Cat that's like to just to show how much time's gone by about the wolves. We see the wolf, uh, the dire wolf, much bigger at that point, and she goes, "Oh, yeah, they're running around on their own. They're they're not like uh, they're not as small as they were, but yeah, absolutely." And Ghetto Toad, you're absolutely right. You said because he wanted to uh, see Leanna's Ned sister's rest, resting place. So, so, um, so. So Kat yells at Bran. I said no climbing, but she, you could tell in her eyes she's almost secretly impressed by by how awesome he is, and and he keeps going. The king is here. The king is here. A ton of men. She he sit, she looks at him and goes, "Promise me you'll never do that again. No more climbing." And he says, "Sure," but he does this really bad poker tell first, where he looks down at his feet, and she calls him on it and goes, "Listen, Bran, you're you're." Don't you're a horrible liar. Every time you uh, look down, you uh, you have you're bluffing. Don't ever play cards with uh, your mother. Your mother always knows your tells. Well, what kind of foolish woman is she to give that up? That's true. That's true. And 
she should have. I'm sure he has other ones. And this is just a point of. You re- need to become a better liar, Bran. I also want to say this just as a point of reference. It's it's a shame that we don't live in a time where we can drug our celebrity kids to keep them kids forever. Because young Bran is so cute. In the in this in this episode, especially in this scene where he's he definitely loses something over the four seasons, five yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah, you get. But but I just wish we could have kept him young with drugs. That's all I'm saying. I miss those days. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't miss those days. Poor poor Emmanuel Lewis. So uh, <laughs> and Gary Coleman. So so he t- so she tells him to tell to go tell your father the king is near. So Arya also like Bran. They're probably. Do you know that those two are genetically engineered at Tuskegee? <laughs> so Arya, who's who's also kind of like Bran, who has just the excitement in her and and feels like she's special and deserves to see things before people. She kind of puts a helmet on. She cuts in front of Winterfell because she wants to see everyone riding in. She wants to see the soldiers riding in, and uh, and she she sneaks her way in front, and then she sneaks her way back to get back in line as they're asking about her as Santa. Yeah. Eddard's looking for and Sansa's like whatever's I don't care about I don't totally don't care about my sister she hates her oh Oh. my god she keeps telling her to shut up will you just shut up so she shows Arya shows right back up at the right time and she's got the helmet on and and uh Ned's like what the fuck are you doing with that helmet on is as you see John and Rob in the back just both laughing loving her their little sister you can tell Ned, Ned pulls the hat off the helmet off and he hands it backwards to um is it John? Oh, is it Hodor? Actually, what's that? Is it Hodor? We see Hodor for the first time in this. Scene. We we do see Hodor for the first time, but the the guy he hands it to is like his uh, you know, his cast on is like yeah. second in command. Yes, I, I forget that guy's name, but that but there was a situation in Robert's Rebellion where Ned was in a fight with I believe the guy's name was Hightower or something like that, where him and this guy were the only two that survived out of like twelve men versus Sir Arthur Dane and this guy Hightower in a fight. I believe his name was Hightower. I might be messing up the names. But it was like this guy and Ned. We don't get a lot of history about him, but but book history of Ned's number one guy, his, you're my number one guy, has been through a lot of shit with Ned. Has been through, right. he's, he really is Ned's number one guy. And, uh, and Arya, as she goes back there, she like pushes Bran out of the way. She just like shoves him, like gives him the- Yeah, I'm, to, I'm here, I'm next, I'm, this is my spot. She gives him the Elaine from Seinfeld push, you know, she's like, get out, and just like pushes the him. The LeBron to his coach? Yeah, like, oh, that, it's his <laughs> fault. The, the, that's the stab in the back move, Joe, come on. So, so uh, Bran, get out of the way. You just love Arya. So cut to the king's crew of uh, arriving. We see Joffrey the hound. We see the cart pulling the queen. We see Jaime pulling around. And all of a sudden, through the, through the hills, as we see everyone from Winterfell all getting ready to bow, Robert comes riding in. Now, we see Joffrey. It's, it's, it's nice to say, like, you see uh, a bunch of different outfits. I, I want to mention that the production-wise, this scene is amazing. All the all the guys that come in on foot and in and in uh, on horse are just they're dressed up really nice. They got good helmets on, really nice uh, white cloaks on some of them. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty impressive. The the, 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 the carriage looks- the carriage that comes in right before Robert Baratheon is all this big thick heavy wood. It's all scroll work and carved nicely. It's really just a nice. It's a neat scene. Yeah, that's a really neat scene. And Joffrey comes in looking as dickish as ever. I fucking Sansa, which is really, really great. And Rob doesn't like it. Now oh, yeah, he's all dashing. He's on his horse. He prances through. 
uh, in his in his his uh, his red and gold, the uh, Lannister colors. Mm-hmm. You know. So the king comes out as everyone bows, and he's having trouble getting off his horse. And he walks to waddles towards Ned, and Ned looks up at him almost with a smirk, like, "Who the fuck is this?" And Robert asks him to stand, and Ned goes, "Your Grace." And then he looks at him, and they both. He doesn't even ask him to say. He just kind of like. He like says, "Come up." Yep. He doesn't say anything. He just motions with his hand, and then the fir- and Ned stands up. And the first thing Robert says to break the ice in reference to Ned, who you're obviously fat. hasn't, is goes, "You're fat." And and Ned kind of just makes motion with his eyes to Robert's stomach, down in his belly. <laughs> and Rob and Robert breaks the ice in the big laugh that 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 guy has. <laughs> It, and it's it's worth it to mention that Addy, the actor, is a much larger, stouter man than Bean. I think he even might be an inch or two taller by the look of the scene, but and you can, or if not eye to eye, and you know, and, and he's he's much portlier. We often tout the abilities of Christian Bale and Robert De Niro to change their body shape. I also believe he probably gained twenty or thirty pounds to play Robert Baratheon here too. Oh, I think so too. I absolutely think so. He, he, and, and, he, and you can see Robert, he just embraces, I'm going to use the words from the book, he embraces Kat like a long-lost sister and just grabs her and kisses her, I love you, and uh, and he like slaps Rickon across the face, you know, pats him on the belly, good game, kid. Aren't you a cute little boy? Yeah, you're a good kid, 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 you must be Rob, you're awesome, Bran, you're going to be a soldier one day. And just as all this is happening, uh, the... Uh, Arya mentioned. You see Arya as as Cersei starts to uh, slime her way into the scene. Arya goes, "Where's the?" And you see Jamie as well. Arya says, "Where's the imp?" And Sansa, as Joe put it, just goes, "Shut up, shut up, Arya." So I meant just shut up. <laughs> and uh, and then we get Cersei forcing her hand onto Ned to kiss it, being like, uh, "And uh, and." Yep. Ro- and Robert says uh, to Ned, let's go visit the crypts, which Cersei replies, uh, we've been riding a month. And Robert just ignores it, and he says, Ned, let's go. And- so I want to I point out they've been riding a month. This is the spot they came from on the map, right here where my finger touches, if you can see. And they had to ride all the way up here to Winterfell. It's quite a distance. It takes a month. You know, and I'm sure they, they were taking their time. It's a big kind of... It's the king's caravan, so to speak, but it takes close to a month, even if you're on your own traveling it, unless you're, you know, it's a, it's a, it's quite a distance. It's a huge distance. And uh, Ghetto Toad says, should have shot Joffrey there and then. (laughs) Yeah. And so this is also, this is also the answer to uh, the the question that was asked, why, why he didn't have him just send for Ned, because A, he's asking for him to do something, to change his life, to move, you know. A month's journey away and live in King Landon and be the hand of the king. But also that first thing out of his mouth is let's go pay respects to your sister down in the crypts. Absolutely. You know, and uh, you guys in the chat room are awesome. Uh, Ghetto Toad, you're funny as hell and great with information. Ren Ren would thank you as well. Yeah, the guy Ned's Ned's master at arms is Roderick Castle. Is his name. Right, Roderick Castle. Roderick so, Castle. you know, this is. Thank this you guys. is the reason. It's an excuse for the king to go up and visit someone, uh, not just his his friend, the guy who helped him win the throne in the first place, single-handed, like, really, uh, but also to visit the sister, and Ned's the, sister. 
And the queen, as Red Redwood said, it was in a wheelhouse. Like, yeah, basically a house on wheels. It was just like a wheelhouse. And and uh, this is where the book the book describes that as a much bigger kind of carriage than it ended up appearing on screen. But yeah. it was still pretty impressive. And yeah, it's like house size. It's yeah. massive. It's probably just a big bed in there. <laughs> probably just about yeah. So uh, we all yeah, a second room for the servants to sit in. And after all that, the queen, uh, the Arya gang asks, where's the imp to which Cersei overhears this and gets curious about it too and goes to Jamie, find our brother. Where is that dirty animal? Or something to that effect, she, she says. So uh, we cut to Robert and Ned in the tomb talking about John Aaron. Uh, Robert says one minute he was fine, the next minute he was uh, dead, burned right through him, whatever it was. They both say that they loved him, and uh, Robert's like, I needed him more than you did. At 16, all I wanted to do was fuck women. You didn't need much help. I needed to learn stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and Ned looks at his belly and goes, it goes uh, it's, not, it's not my fault I didn't listen to the lessons Robert Aaron taught me. I, I, <laughs> he taught me those things, and I learned them for a while anyways. I, I was yeah. out of control. He sorted me out. Uh, and and it's it's safe to also say that Robert's out of breath through this whole scene. He's like he's he he's, he can't even walk down the tombs, and right, he's not he's not a fit guy. He's been drinking and whoring yeah. for the last eighteen years. To which he admits in a second ago. He stops and he goes he goes. Listen, Ned, I need you to be to come to King's Landing. Not you're no use to anyone rotting away up here in the cold. I'd name you Hand of the King. To which Ned goes down to one knee with the uh, Wayne's world. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we and, know he's not going to say no to him. It's his, it's his best friend. Yep. And, and, and he's, the king. And the king. And he says, I want you to do, do uh, my job while I whore my way to an early grave. Stand up. If your sister didn't die, we'd be family. We were meant to rule together. You helped me win the throne. Now help me keep it. Yep. Not too late to... to put our families together i have a son you have a daughter let's do this we we are a family let's do it and they haven't seen each other in nine years it's one of the things he says when he gets off of the uh so about you know since when bran was born or just before or just after bran was it was born, the, it was the whole the last time these guys have seen each other the Greyjoy rebellion for for something we'll talk about later the last time they saw each other was the Greyjoy rebellion and uh, when it comes to marrying his daughter ned to that response ned looks honored but unsure so we cut to Jamie, who's looking for yes, our first shot of Tyrion, who has a. Dr- oh, he looks so precious after watching this again. Mm. His hair is so blonde. It's so blonde. He looks so young. They they actually made his hair blonde. That's one thing that spoiler alert they kind of give up on by the end of the by the end of the series. They just decide to say, "Eh, we don't need to make Tyrion blonde." Anymore. Like this was bleach blonde. <laughs> bleach blonde compared to what it is later in the epi- later episodes where it's gold. This shit was blonde. Yeah, and it just became his Peter Dinklage's natural hair color at this point in the series. Like like again, spoiler alert. Fast forward to five seasons down the road. It's just Peter Dinklage's hair. It, it doesn't look like it's it, it's very as blonde as it is here. It it is bleach blonde. And the first shot of Tyrion is him taking a drink. Cheers. With this expression on his face, an amazing expression, like as as someone is kissing him all over his body, who is our first sign of Roz. And it's also our first naked Roz. Who uh, it won't be the last spoiler alert. Talking about that the king's in town. Ooh, the Lannisters are here. 
uh, how she heard Jamie Lannister's so handsome, the most handsome man in the Seven Kingdoms. And he's like, what about the other brother? There's the pretty brother and the clever one. The imp? Well, Harry doesn't like the imp. They're kind of playing a game. And she she breaks out of it that we were we were expecting you, Lord Tyrion, and we knew you were going to be like... Uh, put your flag down in this whorehouse and uh, she was really nice and they get ready to get it on and uh, the door flies open and it's Jamie saying oh wait wait a minute don't get up finish your job you can tell that this isn't the first time Jamie's walked don't in don't you know what a closed door in a whorehouse means brother I have much to learn from you no doubt brother but Vanine just walks in pours himself a drink as you can just see Rods go with the look in her face she doesn't actually say it but the look in her face like wow he is handsome just, I like the conversation Roz and him were having too uh, before Jamie burst in yeah she was saying they were playing oh, a game they were have you heard game. like the little imp monsters come in and i heard you know they have this little back and forth yeah it's a good where she's pretending she doesn't know that he's the king's the king the king's uh uncle i mean the king's uh brother-in-law brother and thank you brother-in-law yeah so so uh it's it's a it's a cool scene it's a good game that they play and it's it illustrates why the character of Roz ends up being import, important in the series because she's very good with other people she's a good secondary character with some of the big characters who's not really in the books long. No, no, no. Not she's not in the books at all. I mean it's just random horse. Is she not? I, there's no, some there's, there's there's several someones, but she's completely created for the show. Okay. And all right. So I uh, thought there was a specific uh girl that Theon is even in the books. Uh it's after. it's no she is completely she's she's the amalgamation of a bunch of different whores into one. Okay. All right, sounds good to me. Yeah, it's one of those things that the show likes to do from the books. They take a couple of characters and they just smack them into they they squish them together into one character. And Roz yep, is so. Roz is the whore. So again, there'll be comments. You know, into, I, yeah, I do claim to have read the books, but I claim to have read them now years ago. So te- four four years ago. So Tyrion and all, all of them back to back to back. So it's hard to remember everything. Tyrion also yells at Jamie, uh, shut the door. <laughs> so, uh, so Cersei wants to, uh, thank you, Ghetto Toad. So Cersei wants to, uh, wants to talk to you, brother. Our sister w- w- wants you at this dinner. Don't leave me alone with these people, Jamie says. Tyrion says, hey, listen, uh, uh, paraphrasing, hey, listen, I wanted to get to this whorehouse and have fun all day. This is one of many snacks I'm going to be having for the night, brother. And Jamie goes, oh, I thought you'd say that. So, yeah. And he just opens the door and four girls jump in the party. And uh, Jamie walks out and he goes, have fun. See you at dinner. And uh, and Tyrion yells again. Thank you. Get Shut the door. And, and Jamie doesn't as a good fuck you to his brother to show that they love each other and a good good. I love when brothers have these kind of relationships and uh, just leaves the door open and walks out. So we go, we go back to Robert and Ned. These, I hope we get a lot more Jamie and Tyrion scenes. I love these two together. I love seeing the brothers together. Yep. So to Robert and Ned in the tomb, lighting a candle, and Robert gets into his hole. Did you have to bury her in here? She belonged on a hill by a tree or something. And no, she's in my family. She, she's my sister. She belonged here. No, Ned, she belonged with me. And in my dreams, I kill him every night. And uh, and Ned's response is and is uh, as 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 Robert's kind of cupping the statue of her face. Ned says they're gone. All the Targaryens are gone. And he says, Nope, not all of them. Not all of them. So we that's when we cut over to, to a gorgeous blonde. Yeah, to Pantos across the sea and uh, Daenerys Targaryen, our first Daenerys Targaryen moment. She's staring out a window, not looking too happy, looking lost, 
Oh, I love when Daenerys is lost. I loved lost Daenerys. As we hear a voice yelling, and it's her brother Viserys. And uh, the series. And he calls for her, and he goes, Bride to be, you're the bride to be. And they kind of show their highbrowness here, being both being the the uh, the the son and daughter of the last king, the king that Robert overthrowed, the Mad King Ares. Uh, he, these are Mad King Ares' last two remaining Targaryens, the last yep. the last living Targaryens. The that heirs to the, the the rightful heirs to the, to the seven kingdoms. If you complete the 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 bloodline, if if Robert didn't overthrow the usurper Robert, if he didn't overthrow the throne and when he's talking about he wants to he feels like he can kill him every night he's talking about uh he's talking about prince Rhaegar. prince Rhaegar, their older brother their older Daenerys brother. and viserys older brother yep. prince Rhaegar, who he destroyed in this battle which is considered the the battle of the trident which is considered one of the bigger the big battles in robert's rebellion that sh that was basically won the war for robert in that one moment in a, in a lot of ways he hit him so hard he knocked the emeralds out of his armor. To which the which, battle stopped and all the soldiers went jumping after the emeralds. And and uh, to this day, fishermen claim to pull the emeralds out of this river occasionally. So so with uh, with with the brother and sister here, uh, he we get a little bit of backstory about them as as they're looking at the fabric. He says we they've been guests here for a year, but they she says that we've been guests here for a year, but the. Uh, the, our host never has asked for anything. And, and Viserys says, he's no fool. When I get my crown, I won't forget him. As he says, you slouch, as he takes off her dress, and we get naked Danny, and he goes, you have a woman's body now, as he's cupping her Soft, breast. supple. Soft, Let supple. Let me caress my sister's body. Yes, don't slouch. I need you to be perfect today. You don't want to awake the dragon, do you? And she says, And he's no. just staring straight at her tits. And it's safe. Not even looking anywhere else it's fair to mention that if we, we and, the, and, I, and again we'll get more into the targaryens in a targaryen only podcast when we talk targaryens brothers and sisters have wed for centuries for it it's a it's it's just it's just something that's normal in the targaryen family for whatever yeah, for whatever that's worth it, it's normal for the targaryen family but it's not so normal for the rest of the kingdom Westerns, right for the, for the targaryens it's almost considered acceptable because of something that they're, we, because their lineage is from a different place right. they come from old valeria. valeria and we'll get more into that later what with some other issues that come into line with daenerys as we go on da da daenerys's story so uh so we cut to Naked Danny right here at this point. We're still in Naked Danny, who goes into this burning hot bath as the Iron Maiden says, as the Iron Maiden, as, the, as her maiden says, it's too hot as she just goes in and doesn't seem to mind going into the boiling hot water. So to, to the both of them waiting outside with their host for. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's uh, an interesting side note to just keep, keep an eye on. Yeah, that, keep an eye on that. that uh, the water is very obviously steaming yeah. Yeah, we, hot. We don't have to dwell. And, on, we don't have to dwell on that. Let's just make note of that. Well, we, we we should make note that the water is steaming hot, and when and all the windows in this place are open. She wasn't dressed for winter clothing. It's a very warm place. Viserys takes her clothes off. They drop to the floor. She's not shivering. She's not like, oh my god, it's cold. And then she just walks into this <laughs> steaming hot tub. And then she's so like, the maid goes, oh my god, don't do that. You're gonna. It's. <sighs> and she just no reaction, just very no reaction. So her, we, her we, stare is completely blank. She's very deep in thought. So we're we're, out, 
we're outside with the two with the three of them, the host and and uh, the brother and sister waiting for. We find out that they're waiting for the Dothraki. He goes, "Where are the Dothraki?" For her betrothal. Yeah, for her betrothed. To to see if he want if the person that they're offering her to wants to marry her. And uh, and our, our host says the the Dothraki aren't known to be punctual. And uh, and and Viserys is like, don't they know I'm king? Okay, he like, sounds like Simba at the beginning of the Iron King, like eh, the Lion King. Oh, I'm the king. I'm gonna be the king one day. So we cut to the Dothrakis riding up, and uh, and 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 Daenerys is presented towards uh, as uh, as a gift to the leader. To, uh, to this is the first time we meet Carl Drago. Drogo, Drogo, Carl Drogo, yeah. Drogo. And uh, the Carl K-A-H-L, it's a title. It's a title. Like Tsar or King or Chief. I'm going to call him Carl Sagan. No. Carl Grimes. Carl Grimes, yeah. Carl. So so we get a little bit of backstory on him with Viserys talking to Danny and saying that he's one of the finest killers alive. Uh, Why do you from Boston have such a hard time saying Carl? Carl. Carl. Yeah, Yeah, it's Carl. Carl. It's like you would say Carl. <laughs> Carl. Because <laughs> I'm pronouncing the word Carl. I should, because I try not to pronounce my ahs too bad like that. If I, if I stop and do it for a second, it just comes out all the time. So, uh, so Danny walks, walks up scared to Drogo and uh, to be presented to him. And uh, <laughs> is this, this too is where before she walks up, uh, he says to her, you see his ponytail. You see how long that yeah, is, yeah. and it was down to his ass easily. And it's big and thick. It's, you know, stretches all the way down his back. So they uh they grow their hair, and when they're defeated in battle, they cut off their enemy's ponytail. His he has never lost in battle. That's why his hair is that long. Huh. Ghetto Toad would like to point out that the Daenerys naked scene, Joe paid a little bit too much attention to that scene. No, Joe did not pay enough attention to that scene. <laughs> Joe's gonna wait till Katie's asleep and go watch that scene again. So, even more attention. So, 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 Danny walks up to. <laughs> I'm just kidding, sweetie. Danny walks up to. Uh, I mean, Danny walks up to Drogo. Danny walks up to Drogo and looks at her and kind of smiles and then just rides off. And Viserys is like, "Oh wait, did he like her or not?" And the ho- the host guy, I forget this guy's name. I keep calling him host because I I actually do not know his name. Uh, says uh he asks him did 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 he like her and he goes trust me we would have known if he didn't like her because if he didn't like her he probably would have killed us all he probably just would have killed all of us if he was like i don't and like see, her i i gotta say this too so they're marrying this chick off now when i when you look there what pentos and there's king's landing right so why these two are heirs to this entire kingdom why is he not like robert baratheon so worried about him why aren't they already dead they're not that far away they're short boats right away you know like this is this is the thing that's always kind of bugged me how long have they been in pentos for 18, 18 years. years 18 years that's what they say i believe is that's what they said 18 years you know that's like across the bay these rumors years. of 18 years so it just it like that that little part right there bugged me. And then obviously this is going to be a big thing. Khal Drogo's army has a hundred thousand men in it. It's what they're not 
people aren't talking, you know, oh, we're yeah. married by series, who's running around, I'm king, I'm king, I'm the fucking man, they're living in this fucking mansion. Like, everybody should, would know that these two are there. Yeah, it's like, this wouldn't be a big secret with that dick Viserys running It's like, around. spoiler alert, it's like Michael Corleone in Godfather when he goes away after whatever he does to go away, uh, that that they, everyone knows where their enemies are. And you get and you you find out a little bit later that Robert might have a clue where these people are anyways, and he's just chosen not to kill them yet for some whatever reason. But who knows? We may find out more about that as as uh, as time goes goes on. But we do cut back over to the series talking about just hearing more about how the information that he's getting about his people crying for him, missing their king, calling Robert the usurper. He, he asks when they'll be married. He asks if the Dothraki lay with their horses, to which he responds, don't ask Carl Drogo, Carl Drogo that. Yeah, and, don't, don't say that to him. Don't say that. He goes, I wouldn't say that. You take me for a fool? No, I take you for a king. Excuse me. Some kings lack the social graces. Yep. And he's, and ri- he's right. He knows that this guy lacks social graces too. He knows Viserys. He's been looking after him for these many years. You know. God bless you, Ren Redwood. His name is, and I'm gonna mess. Ilario Mopitas. I believe. I believe I pronounced that. But I'm gonna call him Ilario. Like, I think he's like the he's like the governor of Pentos or something close to that. If there was a like, not really the governor, but he's a very rich, powerful man there. A magister or something like that. And uh, and Danny is kind of interrupting them and, and tripping like, but 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 wait, I, I don't wanna marry him. And which gets re- This is yeah, one of the best lines, Viserys' best lines. Yeah, you, you I want would it? let yeah. all of Carl Drogo's men fuck you to get my throne back. How many? Forty thousand men. I would let forty thousand men fuck you to get back home. And then he kisses her. It's it's just all, it's such a it's such an evil move. It's, I would let forty thousand men ra- fucking fuck you just to get my throne back dear sister be a good girl you don't want to upset the dragon now do you yep back speaking of uh and then and he's very obviously talking about himself as being the dragon what a little fucking dink he wasn't the king he'd have been stabbed and gutted and left for dead years ago and Uh. he's not even the king and this is why like i one thing i don't understand is whoever is harboring these two didn't teach them, didn't like completely pampered and spoiled. Like I know they, he's old enough to kind of remember and remember the stories his older brother told them. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, like to have this kind of attitude, knowing that you've been exiled from your homeland, that you're kind of on the run. So it's, what an attitude to have. So very interesting that from this moment we cut over to Sansa with Catelyn being like. Daddy needs to take the job. I'm paraphrasing. Daddy needs to take the job as hand of the king because then I'll be married to Joffrey and I'll be queen. And that's the only thing I've ever wanted in the world to be the queen of is that, everybody. And is that isn't that is that one of the things they talk about in the crypts? Does he mention that, uh, Ned? What, what was that? Joffrey. Yes, yeah, and, uh, we 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 yeah, went over that. that. Yeah, we talked about that. And. Uh, and and I don't care. Basically, I don't care, Mom, if you're left alone here. I, I want to be queen, Mommy. Please, please, Daddy. I want to like Veruca Salt and Willy Wonka. Daddy, I want to be queen. I want. Yeah, she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She knows nothing about Joffrey. All she knows is that he's prince. 
Rachel 61 says Ver, uh, Verseries is an ass is an arse and yes he's a big time arse and uh, Ren Renwood says about uh, about Ilario he is the major, magister of Pentos yeah the magister of so, Pentos uh, thank you Ren Renwood for all this information tonight you were fucking yeah, yeah. on it you were fucking on it uh, so, uh, so they're all celebrating after this and, uh, drinking, having fun. We see Robert kind of whoring it up right in front of the queen, totally embarrassing her in front of Kat. It's it, like, do like whoring her, like in the whole room in front of everybody. And the queen's just sitting there like marvelous, great country, great country. We're living in here, but that's in a moment. Cause right after that, right after that moment, we cut over to Jon Snow out back beating the shit out of some targets and we meet. Uncle Benjamin of the Night's Watch. He comes riding in in all black, so we know he's he's like one of those three guys that we saw in the opening scene. Yep. He's he's from the Wall. Asking why John is not in there, and he says, "Lady." And this is our second clue or piece of information about John and Lady Stark. He says, "Lady Stark suggested that there's no bastards for the king," and uh, and Benjamin says, "Well, bastards are always welcome on the Wall," which John says. Take me with Take you. Me with you. Ask father to let me go with you. He'll say yes. And he says, there'll be time for that. You need to make the decision whether you want to start a family. And John says, I don't give yeah, a fuck. I don't know what you're giving up. Yeah, we don't... take no wives. We take, we father no children. Wait a minute. Yeah. You got plenty. Like, I don't give a shit. I live in hell with this woman. Get me the fuck out yeah. of here. And he's like, but he goes, you have plenty of time. The wall's not going anywhere. I'm not even allowed into dinner. I'm like a, a shame of the of Winterfell. Yeah, he and then Benjamin says, "I got to go rescue your dad from his guests. Let me go in." As we get one of my favorite scenes Which, in this, I gotta say, is kind of bullshit. Was he in the lineup outside in the courtyard? Uh, yes. Was he in the back or was he in the he front in with the, the rest of the kids? In the, he was in the second line in back, I believe. Okay, so he's allowed to meet them all out in the courtyard, but he can't go in and have dinner and drink with them all. No, because she's a douchebag. Right, because she because she looks for any excuse to be a douchebag to to John to, to John Stark. <laughs> to John, right. to John, you keep calling him John Stark, John Snow. John Snow, sorry. You're thinking of the '90s basketball player from the New York Knicks. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so so as Tyrion inter- they look so much alike. They do. They're the same person. I think they're both on the wall. So as Tyrion interrupts him, it goes, oh, wow, your uncle's from the... Tyrion was kind of laying in the wings. And he says, oh, your uncle's in the Night's Watch. I've always wanted to see the wall. And and this is one of the most... This scene's so fun because... I'm just I'm not even gonna get into what Tyrion says, but basically everything Tyrion says to him, he ends the sentence with bastard. He goes, he goes, Yeah, so your uncle is on the is is a night's watchman on the wall, bastard. Yeah, and it's just what, what you're offended that I call you bastard? Well you are a bastard. You know your dad fucked another woman that isn't your wife and you're born, so you know, i.e. a bastard. You know? I, lo- I love I I love it. I love it's great. every it's so single great. exchange Tyrion has in this episode is amazing. It's fucking hilarious. You, and you get the feeling like he's not going to uh talk to anybody other than how he wants to talk to them. Absolutely. He has nothing to lose. He he's an imp, he's a joke. And he says it right here. He's like John says to him you keep calling me a bastard. Yeah, it's insulting. You don't know what it's like to be a bastard. You have no idea. And he says, "Hey, all dwarves are bastards yeah. in their father's eyes." Yeah, absolutely. A great, great line. And John cuts him. And John looks at him with understanding. And Tyrion walks off. He gives gives him advice: wear it like a badge of honor, so no one can ever hurt you with it. And a great piece of advice. And you and Peter Dinklage just hits the ground running. 
when as Tyrion, he just runs straight ahead into Tyrion. There's no time element of him getting the character he gets the character from beginning to end and just yep. k- kicks it you, you get the feeling Tyrion's a bit of an asshole but he's actually being kind of straight up and and honest with him and he's actually so charming he's trying to befriend him he's trying to help like him. he's not trying to be an asshole he just he's a charming little asshole he's he, trying to befriend him he's, he's trying, trying to, to help be open him. with him and hey let's let's not there's there's no pretense here kid so after yeah he's just trying to help him and we go to uh, we go to Ned and Benjen, and Ned asking about the deserter from the beginning. He says, "Did you know him?" And he said, "Yeah, he was a boy, but he was tough, a real ranger." Ned says he was talking madness about the White Walkers. To which Benjen says, "I don't know. There's uh, six dire wolves south of the Wall. Uh, other reports of the White Walkers, and uh, my brother Ned's gonna be the hand of the king. The whole world's gone crazy. Who knows?" And then they both look at each other and smile and say together. And winter is coming. Just and they almost find they find the joy in it. You can see the the stark relationship, the love that they have for and each other. That's the motto that goes along with their sigil. It's the dire wolf, and then winter is coming. That's the house like phrase and yeah. saying. And all the houses have them, and it's a big theme. You know, um, yeah, can't remember most of them. But they all have them. They're all pretty cool. Yeah, we, we get cool. it. We'll get into it in a few episodes. No, a little bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, before the end of season one, there is an episode where we get a lot. Where we'll learn a lot more about the house names when someone's teaching someone in a classroom yeah, situation. Get, we get some of that. We get, we do get some of that. And Ra- Rachel sixty one says, "I agree. Great lines from Tyrion. Yeah, that whole scene with Tyrion. That was Tyrion's best best thing in the whole entire episode. And and uh, one of his. I disagree. Movies. I liked his O face. You like the Zoe face? You like the orgasm Tyrion face that starts the episode? Wait, do it again. Uh, any, any scene that's got tits in it is going to be that actor's best scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah Can fine. I just say that now? Okay. Uh, I, I won't necessarily argue with you because of future events. Anyways, so, <laughs> so, so, so we go to Cersei and Kat talking again, making small talk. This is when she says about how lovely the North is. And Sansa kind of uses this as an opportunity to uh, go over and, talk, and meet Cersei. And Cersei immediately, again, talking about hitting the ground running, starts in on her harassment, calling her a little dove, saying she's tall for 13. Goes the simple question. She's like, oh, this is normal. Oh, you're still growing. Have you bled? No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Straight out. Have you bled yet? But the, but it's so fun how she just keeps going and then she goes no. Okay. Oh, pretty dress. Did you make that dress? Oh, you'd have to you have to make me something like that. It's just she she just does it. She just keeps oh, going. Oh, she's so cruel to her. She's oh. so cruel to her. Oh. Like she basically just picks her apart in that like high school popular girl yeah. kind of way yeah, that the mean Cersei has owned to a T. You know, she's the queen of the court. She's yeah. got all these little girls running around after. Yeah, mean she mean girls it up. She totally mean girls oh, it up. Oh, big time mean girls it up. And oh yeah. And uh, she and then she and then she mean girls Catelyn right here, and she goes, "Your daughter's a beauty. She'll do well in King's Landing. She should not be hiding up here." <laughs> and Cat right. just and Cat just doesn't look happy. Cat's like, "You fucking cunt." She, yep. I, I she wanna... basically says, "We're gonna hoy your daughter all yeah. around court." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You don't know what your daughter's gonna get into. You're, you're not gonna recognize your daughter. And if anyone read the news this week about the first uh, George R. R. Martin's original uh, plan for the series, you can see a lot of that set set up right now for his original 
plans for what uh what what Sansa is gonna do. So uh so we get uh this is where we also get our first Jamie and Ned. I think on this rewatch, the Lannisters stole the show with this episode when it comes down to it. Jamie gets in Ned's face and just goes and asks, Oh, oh, if you come to oh, it's great to have you in King's Landing. It's getting a little boring there. You'll have to fight in the tournament. And he and Ned goes, uh no, 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 I don't fight in tournaments. And he goes, oh, you're getting a little old? No, no, no. If I fight a man for real, I don't want them to see how I fight. <laughs> right. I'm not going to fight anyone who I'm not – fight someone for fake to give them practice to fight me in real life. Yep. I never know who I'm going to have to fight, so I don't do tournaments. Yep, and, ja and Jamie says, well said. <laughs> As he's like, like totally like, touche, Ned Stark, whatever. As we see Arya causing – You can tell there's definitely a little animosity there. And he's basically saying, no, because if I ever have to fucking kill you, yeah, I want to know. I don't want you to know how I'm going to fucking do and, it. And we'll get more into that later of their history that comes up later. So as we see Arya causing a ruckus, Rob escorts her out. So and this is one of the, we, we don't get much of this. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's a really good scene that we get right here with Ned and Kat in bed getting a little bit of pillow talk between the two of them, trying to figure out a way out of Ned being coming the hand of the king, taking the job. And Kat, who's just hilarious, again, amazing acting job by Michelle Farley here. She's just, she's awesome. And she just says, listen, I'll tell that fat. She knows how to do humor and intense so well. She knows how to bring it back. And she, so she's not always all Shakespeare, you know, like strong and stuff. So, so she just goes, I'll say, listen, fat man, you're not taking my husband. How the, and then how the hell did he get so fat? And Ned, and Ned, First time Ned's funny says, "Oh yes, he, he only stops e he only stops eating to drink." Yep, it's good. <laughs> it's just it's just a, or or I forget. Maybe Ned says, uh, "How did he get so fat?" And Cat responds, "He only stops eating to drink." It because it seems more like a cat line. It, it's just a great yeah. great line. So Master Lewin bu busts in with a, a a rider. The knight brought a message, and it's from the Erie, from Liza Cat's sister, John Aaron's widow. Cat reads it and burns it quick. Liza says she fled the capital. John Aaron was murdered, and she thinks that the Lannisters are behind it somehow. Ned said, "Ned says what?" And the three, like it can't be. And the three of them talk about how it makes sense and that how the the Lannisters must be involved somehow. As Cat says, "I have no doubt the Lannisters are Lannisters are involved somehow." But Ned, you can't get involved now. You can't go to King's Landing, and this right. sets now up. You definitely can't go. But the, and this sets up a really cool angel devil but, on your shoulder then, moment. Ned's like, well, if that's the case, I have to go. Right. No, no, Ned doesn't. Ned doesn't say that. Master Lewin steps up as an angel devil thing on Ned's shoulder, but of looking at Ned and what you Ned knew exactly that he only said to Ned what Ned knew and looks at him right. and goes, "You need to go." And 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 uh, Catelyn. And that's what Master Llewellyn knows that it should. It if it'll come off as actual words of wisdom and not as you know, bravado, uh -huh. if it's him that says it, instead of making Sean Bean say it to his wife. Exactly. And Catelyn, Catelyn, we, we've been saying this a lot tonight, Catelyn goes there by saying to Ned, your brother and your father went on a mission to King's Landing once, went on a King's mission to King's Landing. How did that turn out for them? And that's, yeah, that's a you, low blow. The Starks travel south of the freaking twins. You die. Yeah. Don't go. In both his, in both his, fa his father and brother were killed in King's Landing by the Mad King before Robert was able to overthrow the, 
overthrow with stuff we'll get into on a later date a whole bunch of backstory to that but so cat so catlin's really going deep she's digging deep in ned she's trying to hurt him there to say not want him to go she's if he goes she's losing her husband she's losing sansa because sansa's gonna want to go to court and and be with joffrey she's losing you know she's losing out when he goes a lot of you know but you get the feeling after this scene and you just know that ned has to go and he's going yeah he has to so he had to go as soon as that raven showed up and said the king was coming he knew he was leaving i know you've been waiting for this scene joe we go to the wedding of drogo and danny and gifts are being brought snakes brains fun stuff women being raped the series is talking they're not being raped those women are having a good time <laughs> uh, Viserys is talking to Ilario in uh it- yeah, Ilario. And he's uh, talking about how he wants to get the throne back and he doesn't want to wait for Drago, Drogo, to, for the fates to be correct. He wants the, so that he wants to go now. And, and he waited most of his life for the throne and he doesn't want to wait anymore. So basically to set it up too, it's it's Khal Drogo and Daenerys are sitting up on like a, 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 a platform with stairs in front of them. And there's this big circle of people partying around them with a big open pit where, you know, there's like grinding kind of dancing and maybe even just straight up sex going on in front of them. Yeah, there is. And there there are different warriors jumping into the circle and throwing the other warriors out so they can sex up the women. And uh, and as this is going on, uh, Viserys and the Magister are sitting off in that circle, off to the edge, looking at. Daenerys and Khal and as all this is going on different times people are walking up and presenting gifts to Daenerys on her wedding day. Before we get into the whole gifts thing though we do see Dothraki killing each other and we get the line that uh, a Dothraki wedding with uh, three deaths is considered a dull affair. Right because as one of them pulls, pulls one off to get at the girl the other one is like, no way, this is my girl, and they just start fighting each other until one of them completely guts and his, his intestines fall out in front of us. And uh, Ren Redwood says they were sex slaves, so just another day on the job for them. <laughs> so so this is where Joe set it up perfect. This is where we meet Jorah Mormont, shows up with a gift for the new Khaleesi, as she says. She asks, oh, are you from my country? And he says, yes, I'm Jorah Mormont from Bear Island. And I serve the true king as he looks over to uh, the series of in the distance. And then, he hands her a bunch, of, a stack of books, stories books. from the old kingdom. And then someone else brings over gifts, and this is where we get into it, Ghetto Toad. The eggs from the Shadowlands. I think the Magister is the one who brings over the eggs. Brings the, the Magister eggs. himself. They're from the Shadowland behind the Shy, is what he says, I believe. Not alive, but always beautiful. So, so. Danny's kind of looking at uh, Jorah and Drago. Drogo comes over and leads Danny over and leads her over to a white horse, which he picks her up and and she tries to say thank you. She tries to get Jorah to translate the word thank you in Dothraki, which there's no word for thank you in Dothraki. And he uh, lifts her up and puts her on the horse and he takes her off onto a hill for some no no, no, no. It's not just a hill. It's it's the most uncomfortable place in the world to have sex. It's like the rocky cliffs of the shore. Like this is straight up jagged rock. Yep, and it's it's to consummate that marriage. That's what they needed to do. He consummated. He kind of just turns her like she's really nervous and skeptical, and 
and he's kind of walking around in circles, looking at her, looking her up and down, and they both know what's about to happen. And he starts to pull her 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 top off, and she's like, "No," and she starts crying. She does, start and he crying. circles around behind her and like pulls her top down, and then forces her, bends her over in front of him. And that's when you know, and that was basically that was that was your rape going on right there. She didn't want to get married to him. She didn't want to make love to him right then. She was doing her duty like she was supposed to. She was sold off to this guy. And it she is absolutely crushed and destroyed at this moment. Absolutely. It's very sad. It's very sad. It is a sad moment. And that's the and we don't and that's the last we see of uh, Daenerys for the night. And we uh, we go to the the Hound and Tyrion. And I, I forgot about this scene when I rewatch on the rewatch or leading into it. I forgot that they had a scene together and they're talking about how rough of a night it was. And he says, uh, and Tyrion says, well, if I get away with this whole trip without being itchy from head to toe, he'd be surprised. <laughs> and, uh, and the, and the hound goes back at him and he goes, Oh, I didn't know you were a hunter. And, uh, Tyrion says, my spear never misses. <laughs> Yeah. And the town says, well, I guess it's not hunting if you have to pay for your prey. And uh, it's just a fun back and forth between the two of them. And you see, uh, you see how they inter- how they a good interaction between them. So we get to Theon getting Ned's sword together for a hunt with the king. The king says, uh, King and Ned kind of fuck with each other. He goes, I hope you're as good with the spare as you used to be. And then Ned says, I'm still better than you. And they're shit talking each other. And Robert says, I thank you for coming with me. We get, we find out that he agreed to, uh, Ned officially agreed to come with Robert. He says, uh, thank you for saying yes. You're my last real friend. You're the only person that will tell me the truth. And you know what? I'm going to help you smile more. And I need you. And, uh, and you're going to help me keep my throne and keep my business in order. It's going to be a great situation. You're going to be, it's going to be nothing but good things for you. And, yep. they, and they all go off uh, to hunt in a big group. So we go over to a uh, young brand climbing a tower. Who says bye to everybody. And he says, runs off with his dog. With his, with his, uh, yes. With dire his, wolf puppy. Di- dire Sorry. wolf puppy. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's, it's, uh, who's, who's about knee height now. Yeah. Who's about the size of a dog. That's what I was going to say. He's about the size of a dog right now. So Bran climbs up the tower to watch them leave. And in the distance, he can kind of, out of the, in his ear, earshot, hear a woman moaning or something. Yeah, he's like, he's pretty high up in the, in the tower too. And he starts to hear, we definitely hear as an audience being adults watching HBO, people fucking. Yeah, we hear moaning. He they, doesn't know what the hell he hears as he's gripping onto. Right. And the tower that he's climbing is an old burnt out dead tower that nobody goes in. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous place. That's why Caitlin doesn't want, aside from he's climbing, no harness, no ropes, no nothing. He's free climbing the outside of a castle tower which is very dangerous. This tower is also a ruins as well. Mm-hmm. This is an old tower from the old, old castle that was built thousands of years ago. That's kind of crumbling. They just haven't taken the tower down. <laughs> and he's pretty high up in it. So he climbs up and he peeks in a window and, or in a window peeks in. He climbs around the side. So like, so he starts moving laterally around the side of the tower and he comes to a window and he looks in 
<laughs> and wait, we see Jamie Lannister doing someone from behind, but we don't know who it is yet. And he picks her up to to. Well, there's only one other blonde that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, but we but we don't know it's her quite yet. And it's it's not Tyrion, that's for sure. <laughs> and it, it but it is it's Cersei, it's his sister. What? It's his twin sister. Oh and my he's gosh, gross! Her right could you from believe, behind. Joe? Could you believe that he's having sex with his sister? It's disgusting. Oh yeah. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. It's horrible. What what kind of And that's when she notices Bran peeking at them. What kind Fuck of what kind of people are these Lannisters? Oh my god. They're the Targaryen kind of people. They're oh. rulers. Rulers of kingdoms. So yeah, so she sees Bran and she says, "Stop, stop, stop. Wait, 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 wait." And uh, as Bran tries to start to get away, but Jamie's too quick and he kind of grabs him and pulls him in the room. And he says, are you mad to the kid? And Cersei goes, he saw us. And she just keeps saying, he saw us, he saw us. She, and, yeah, she keeps screaming it. He saw us, he saw us. Heard you the first time. Heard you the first time, Jamie responds. And he goes. He's just kind of like, chill out, Cersei. He's just a boy. You're quite the climber. He's like, it's okay, kid. And he like pulls him into the window a little bit. Yeah. It's all right, don't worry. Yeah, you're quite the little climber. How old are you? 10, 10. Oh, that's nice. He looks back at Cersei. And he smiles at her and he says, 10, huh? And he goes, the things I do for love. And poof, poof pushes him. Pushes him right out the window ah. and he just falls. And he w smiles back to her and walks back. The big question after that, Joe, does he go back and finish? Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, well, does she let him? Yeah. Of course. He just threw a kid out a window for him. Yeah, that's a that you, you that, that's some good I mean that's some like you just murdered a 10-year-old sex uh, with your sister. I, I don't know. I don't know if they finished. They got to get the hell out of there pretty quickly. Yeah. Or do they wait until the commotion dies down? I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder about that. I've wondered about that. I'm horrible. That's something that's stuck in my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that is the end of our first episode of the Game yeah, of Thrones and before, it it ends uh it just goes black. You kind of yeah. see a falling shot maybe, with, but you don't see Bran, and then it just kind of goes black, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah, and then, and then we get our credits coming up. And that, folks, is our, is our first episode of Game of Thrones. Wow, what a first episode. The pilot episode grabs you right from the beginning. I got to see what happens uh, in this situation. They killed, they killed this kid. He's dead. He must be dead. Yep. They killed – Winter's coming, my man. They, yeah, pr pretty much they, they essentially – they dropped a couple of bombs. They gave us some incest, and then they killed a little kid. Right, what right off the, the fuck back. is going on here, dude? Oh. What, what kind of show are we watching here? Uh, he couldn't. He couldn't hit the target with his bow. <laughs> oh. I'm not sure it's a big loss. But now, what do they do with the dire wolf? Who's going to clean up after it? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's very true. I wonder if it, I wonder if he landed on the uh, dire wolf. <laughs> broke his fall oh maybe maybe he survived because maybe the dire wolf saved him he, oh my ned, goodness ned did say if uh, if it dies he has to bury it so that would solve two things in one so you die and bury the uh bury the wolf on one shot oh gosh happy valentine's oh. day happy valentine's day honey it was a valentine's day <laughs> gift from jamie it says that's ren ren <laughs> and ghetto toad says next episode a little preview imp slap so so that's a preview for next for next time folks so we're gonna wrap this up folks thank you so much for checking out our first episode recap of the game of thrones we'll be back as soon as possible for episode two next week this coming week stretch is going to be busy but we'll be back somewhere towards the end or end half of the week maybe try to do friday uh because tomorrow is going to be a huge day the walking dead is back so if you're into the walking dead recap We'll be recapping The Walking Dead right after the episode. And then on Monday evening, we will be doing an official 
Better Call Saul two-night series premiere recap. I may potentially go on at very late at night and do a very quick response to the first episode of Better Call Saul, but I'll talk more about that tomorrow night. But we'll at least be doing a show both on Sunday night this week and on Monday night. Uh, Sunday for The Walking Dead and uh, Monday night for Better Call Saul. Sunday's night show will be at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the Better Call Saul episode on Monday night will not be until around 11.15 in the evening because Better Call Saul is from 10 to 11. So um, so we'll be back two times in the next week, and then we'll be back either Friday or maybe next Saturday, one of the two days, for our Walking Dead, or I mean for our Game of Thrones episode two. So you'll, you'll see us a lot more. Uh, so everybody have a good night, a great rest of the weekend, and we will talk to everybody tomorrow. Have a good night. Later. Winter's coming. Winter's here, Joe. It's about to snow for, for three days straight here in Boston. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I can't, no. I can't wait to go break my back in the snow again. Oh, God. It's, good night, everyone. Good night.